0: Welcome back to the Juice Time Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Adamani. And alongside me tonight, folks, is our resident Cyclones insider, the man himself in central Iowa, my brother, Nicholas Osson of 24 7 Sports. Nick, it is truly the busiest time of year for you and myself as basketball season has begun for your Iowa State Cyclones and my Blessed Sacrament Eagles. So not only are you covering Cyclones basketball and football, but here we are to talk about our beloved Chicago Bears coming off of a gut-wrenching loss to the Miami Dolphins, but many positives to take away from that football game. And I'll let you lead it off here, Nick. How are you feeling tonight, my brother?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm feeling you kind of hit it right on the head, my brother. You know, times are good. There were times in this week so far I almost forgot what day it was and really kind of had to make sure I was awake. A lot of good stuff, but just balancing, you know, first basketball game, pressers with the football team. We had National Signing Day for basketball. one of the days we're recording this and it's been a lot of good stuff the next couple days open up a little bit but yeah really good and you know i just briefly before you really dive in want to say you mentioned the gut-wrenching loss which certainly was but it feels like so much positivity has come out since then and i'll let you kind of hit on some of that so the loss is kind of in the rear view and we're looking ahead to already week 10 of the 2022
0: season nick you said it best there in terms of the fact that this week has been a whirlwind for us both i actually thought today was thursday as we're recording this it's wednesday night and the loss is still hurting me but we always look ahead to the next week we've got a division rival in the Detroit Lions coming off of an impressive win against the lowly Green Bay Packers. So this is going to be a hard-fought NFC North divisional battle that we have to get up for. Yes, it is Week 10. The season is going far too quickly for my liking, and I know you would agree with that. But we roll into Sunday. Rocking with the positive, that is Justin Fields. So, folks, strap in for a wild one. And as always, just up. All right, Nick, as we have alluded to, the man himself, our franchise quarterback, put a stamp on it. Justin Fields had by far and away the greatest performance of his short NFL career on Sunday against the Miami Dolphins. Not only did he throw for three touchdowns, he managed to rush for a 61-yard touchdown, evading numerous defenders that could have brought him down for a sack. It was one of the most miraculous runs I've ever seen in the National Football League. And that's not just me saying it because he's the Bears quarterback. I believe that countless people watching on Sunday would agree with that statement. And to top it all off, QB1 in his second year at the helm for the Chicago Bears broke an NFL record for most rushing yards by a quarterback in a single game, eclipsing the greatest running quarterback in league history, Mike Vick. That actually blew my mind, Nick. And we have a solidified franchise quarterback. I want to hear your thoughts on him with a capital H, Justin Fields.
1: Oh, man. Uh, You know, I want to say first off, the the touchdown run, and it was incredible, but I would argue – It wasn't his best touchdown run that he's had in his career. And in fact, I don't believe it was the most impressive run he had in that game. I think it was a third and eight or third and nine and the way he was just kind of able to essentially escape pressure and pick up a major first down. To me, of course, the touchdown was amazing and it's something we will certainly continue to watch and enjoy. But, you know, I think that he's starting to kind of feel that pressure. Fields is not holding on to the ball as long, which is kind of speaking more to how high on him that, you know, I've really been since he was so good at Ohio State. It obviously was a joint capability of being able to run and throw the ball. And I think that's something that has obviously taken a little time to see in the NFL. And I think that's fine because the NFL is obviously the best league in the world. And it's something that's so tough. To kind of adjust to, you know, from one step to the next, especially at that position, being thrown into an organization that we love, but that is not known for developing quarterbacks. You make a ton of great points and one that you I don't think said, which is cool because it kind of allows me to. Two parts here. One, I'm very appreciative of my guy and, and my host here for acknowledging kind of how high I've been on Justin Fields, even at the low points. And there were some low ones especially early this year, but the talent and and work ethic, when you have those things and you approach the game the right way, success will come. I believe he does that. And part two is Justin Fields is the NFC offensive player of the week. And that is highly impressive because it's not just us diehard bears fans or the, you know, random NFL fans legitimately. He's getting that respect and kind of that acknowledgement for what he did from A lot of people in the NFL mainstream—that's really exciting. And I know I'm going a little long with this, but let me just say how exciting it is and how drastic things have changed. When I'm opening up the ESPN app today, and obviously I used to work there, so I understand how things are driven by talking points and things like that. But now it's—it's gone from are the bear, and I swear to you. Are the Bears failing Justin Fields to now? How quickly can Justin Fields have the Bears contending for a Super Bowl? That is how quickly these things have changed, bro.
0: Nick, there's a lot for me to unpack there, but I'm going to do my best to remember each of your crucial points. And talking about the narrative at ESPN, They have done a complete 180. You're absolutely right. There are countless talking heads on each morning show at the network who are showing astronomical amounts of love to Justin Fields when just a few short months ago they were saying, is Justin Fields the guy in Chicago? We had those same questions, but we always put forth faith in him week in and week out. What I noticed in this performance against the Miami Dolphins and in the last couple weeks is that his poor decision-making has gone down considerably. And I think that is in part due to the play calling that Luke Getze is putting out on the field and not putting Justin Fields in a position to throw an interception. He's throwing far less picks and more touchdowns In that end zone, Justin Fields, over the last month, has shown tremendous growth as a quarterback. And what I took from your conversation about being high on him from the jump and liking him at Ohio State is we already knew Justin Fields could run the ball. And he is putting on a display like no other as we talk about that NFL record when it comes to running the ball as a quarterback, but we are finally seeing him shine by putting that ball in the air like he did at Ohio State in big moments. So that NFC Offensive Player of the Week, that is a highlight of this season, and if it weren't for Joe Mixon putting on arguably the greatest performance in a single game for a running back, He would have gotten that FedEx air and ground recognition as well. But Nick, to sum up that conversation in terms of, okay, this is Justin Fields' second year. Is he going to take that next step? That was what we brought to the table back in August. He's made that abundantly clear by his performance on the field that he is the starter now and for the next decade. Plus, this is the guy that we traded up for in the draft and snagged from Ohio state and put him in the remarkable market. That is the Chicago
1: bears. You're exactly right. I mean, you know, many of our listeners know me, some maybe don't, but I'm not ashamed to say that at 25 years old and after geez, about 20 years or so of being, a diehard fan, seeing some great memories and a lot of tough years, especially at that position a quarterback. I FaceTimed a good friend of mine that night after you and I were excited. And and I was tearing up a little bit because I knew not only we can go back to the texts from fall 2020, not only how badly I wanted Fields, but because I knew what he was capable of. I watched some of those I mean, we're, we're big 10 guys at heart. You know, I've watched Ohio State and what Justin Fields did for years. And I just think his talent level is off the charts. This isn't new. You know, there's a reason it was between, as I'm big into recruiting now, Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence for 1A and 1B at the end of high school. I mean, these guys are special, special talents. And so now I think, and you know what, maybe it's a good thing we haven't mentioned it yet because we're giving that respect to Fields let's give a little love to Luke Getze. This man has absolutely turned a corner the last three, right? Three and a half weeks, I feel like. Certainly in that, you know, Patriots game and kind of since, it doesn't have to be every single play is perfect and and catered toward Justin Fields. But so much of it has been the balance, scheming guys open, even if they're not catching the ball. You know, all of these pieces – And that's why I I mentioned to our good friend, friend of the show, Kurt Hogg, that I wouldn't be shocked if Getzey is a head coach in 2024 because I think he's starting to get eyes on him. I think when the Bears have these talents next year around fields, everything will come together. And I think he's someone that could get some attention there. But there's a lot of good, and I think that it comes at the perfect time this Week 10 matchup against the Lions team with some talent, feisty, hardworking. But a lot of holes on that defense, brother.
0: Nick, I love the transition into this Lions matchup on Sunday. And you talk about Luke Getze. Of course, we were hard on him in that first month of football. And rightfully so. He was relying way too much on the back of Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery. And... That was not winning the Bears football games. He is now trusting in his quarterback to get the job done through the air and on the ground while finding those stud receivers in Chase Claypool and Darnell Mooney downfield. Equinemius St. Brown, there were some people after that drop on Sunday already calling for his job. I don't think St. Brown should be cut by any stretch of the imagination. And I am the first to want receivers gone. We know. (laughs) I called for Amir Smith-Marset. He was gone. I called for Bayless Jones. They wasted a draft pick on him, so they're going to keep him sticking around for years to come. You mentioned Luke Getze and the possibility of him becoming a head coach in the future. Absolutely. I think it's a little bit further down the line than you mentioned. Because this Bears team will have to make the playoffs and possibly win a playoff game for that head coaching position to be solidified for Getzy down the road. I hope he stays with the Bears for the long haul because that means he's bought in and we are winning football games. So Nick, obviously the loss to Miami was sour as one of the worst no-calls in my 20-plus years of watching the game of football took place when the Bears were driving to more than likely kick a field goal to tie the game and head into overtime, possibly score a touchdown and win the game outright in the fourth quarter. And I know so many people have seen it by now. But Chase Claypool went up for the football and while doing so, was literally hugged from behind by a Miami Dolphins defender, and there was no way for Claypool to come down with the football. He almost did, because that's how much of a freak athlete he is. But how are you going to catch the football when your arms and torso are locked by a defender? And the worst part about it, and I hate when the NFL referees do this, Four days later, they own up to their mistake. That does not matter now. Unless you can change the outcome of the football game by Wednesday, I don't want to hear that you made a mistake because it's not going to change in the actual games on Sundays because NFL referees are not consistent and there needs to be an overhaul.
1: Yeah, and in – I mean, it's hard for me to disagree with much of that. I'm really glad you're not calling for, you know, EQ's release or anything like that, because I agree. I think he works hard. You know, I think there's some talent there. He's a really good blocker, and he's made a few plays this year. But, man, you have to catch that in that moment. I mean, that's a potentially franchise-defining win in the short term if they get that. But we want to look ahead a little bit. And now I'll admit I've, I've got a lot going on. I know the Lions have two wins. I don't remember if they've had their bye or not. Two and, two and I, I believe so, two and six, I think, coming into this week against three and six for our Chicago Bears. Now, this is hard because I don't think we've really ever hated the Lions. And I know that I kind of like Campbell and some of those players over there. But man, on top of our disdain for the Packers, that win came at a perfect time for the Lions because, of course, they're going to be hungry. They always are. But they got a tough, hard-fought, emotional victory that went down to the last couple minutes against Aaron Rodgers, which is still not the easiest thing to do. And now, kind of the opposite for the Bears. They will be about as pissed off as possible after they got disrespected yet again by the referees. And there's this overwhelming confidence and excitement around Justin Fields. This is a game where the defense needs to show me something. And I know we've still got a little time, and you'll lead into our bold predictions, but this should be somewhat of an explosion for the Bears' offense, just like we saw last week.
0: Nick, that is a perfect introduction into Sunday's matchup against the Lions. I was elated to see them beat the Green Bay Packers last week. I think that offense in Green Bay has completely fallen apart, and I'm just waiting for 12 to hang up those cleats. But you talk about the Detroit Lions, and yes, I would say the reason we don't hate that franchise is because we go into every season and schedule two wins on the board every time we go up against the Lions. And that is one bit of credit that I will give to Matt Nagy in his tenure as the head coach of the Chicago Bears. He always made it a priority to beat the Lions and did so almost every time they matched up. And I hope that trend continues with Matt Eberflus at the helm, and I certainly believe the Bears will win Sunday. You mention it best. This team will be hungrier than they have been in a long time because they haven't tasted victory in essentially a month at this point, aside from the New England Patriots game. Justin Fields and this offense is rolling on a stretch that we truly couldn't have imagined. This offense is playing its best football possibly since the Jay Cutler era, maybe the 2018 Bears that made the playoffs had this type of buzz on offense. But Justin Fields has hit his stride. He's only going to progress with those wide receivers. I think Chase Claypool gets more involved consistently throughout the game. He had a couple receptions early on Sunday that didn't amount to a whole lot in terms of impacting the game. I think he has a larger imprint on Sunday against the Detroit Lions. The Lions are known to put up points, but just like the Bears, I think they have a mediocre at best defense. Aiden Hutchinson is a spectacular pass rusher, but has had a quiet rookie season. And I am rolling into our bold predictions here, Nick. I think we have to temper our expectations in terms of Justin Fields. He's still going to have a fantastic outing, but I'm going to bring those stats down just a titch. He will throw two touchdowns. I very well see Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery becoming more involved as they went by the wayside against the Dolphins. To go along with those two touchdowns, I will say Justin Fields eclipses 100 rushing yards once again to keep the streak going and putting the league on notice that this is one of the best tool threat quarterbacks that the league has to offer.
1: Yeah, I think you make a lot of great points. You know, as things have kind of been flowing so well, we're close out of time here. I feel I'm going to give you two quick ones. My my bold prediction for the defense is lukewarm. I'll say they forced two turnovers for the Bears that Chicago does. And the offensive bold prediction is hot. I will say that. I don't even know what the over-under is. But I think that Chicago, it's disappointing if they can't put up a lot of points. Especially against this Lions team. We've seen momentum really three weeks in a row offensively. Two and a half, three weeks count them four rushing touchdowns for the bears fields throws for over 200 yards but does not have a passing touchdown he gets two on the ground montgomery herbert each get one bears win around that 31 22 range
0: nick i absolutely love that bold prediction offensively the bears are going to win solely based on the ground game and i'm all for it because this is hard nosed nfc north chicago bears football justin fields almost 200 yards rushing last week get those running backs involved khalil herbert hasn't done much in a couple weeks i think he bursts against the detroit lions and for me nick defensively, I think the Bears have to put some pressure on Jared Goff because the Lions offense is honestly nothing to sneeze at. When they are clicking, they've got a solid one-two punch in the run game with Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. I think Jamal Williams could be a starter on essentially any team in the league, but DeAndre Swift is a young talent that the Lions have Stuck with despite many Mistakes in his early years And Amon Ross St. Brown Is going against his brother So he's going to Do his best to put on a show And call for the ball From Jared Goff So my defensive bowl prediction is At least three sacks on QB Number 16 Former Super Bowl quarterback With the LA Rams And rounding out the show here Nick I've got the Bears putting up sweetness-type numbers, 34 to a Lions, 21. Very similar numbers for us both. I think the Lions get a garbage-time touchdown in the fourth quarter to put them up into the 20s, and the Bears finally roll on to victory and have another winnable matchup right around Thanksgiving against the Atlanta Falcons down south.
1: I think you said it very well. I'm not sure the Bears win by that many, but I think we're in agreement. As big of homers as we are, this needs to be and should be a game the Bears win to show that further development in Justin Fields, as well as the coaching staff. But it sure is fun to be talking about this team And we may have some fun news for our dedicated listeners coming up soon.
0: Nick, I absolutely love the teaser there. And I will say this, folks. If the Bears do not win on Sunday, I will have a very challenging time watching this team moving forward. I will still do it any given Sunday. (laughs) But good Lord, you have to beat the Detroit Lions. I don't care where it is, when it is. You have to put them in the dirt, folks. So thank you for tuning in. And as always, just bear down forever.